Hey, fellow Mathers, before we get into this episode, we want to share with you how you can get access to free content, professional learning that will keep your students engaged and doing the math that matters. Get ready to go to this link, mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. That's right. Registration is open for the free Math is Figure Outable challenge that's starting May 15th and runs to the 17th at 7 p.m. Central. We're going to have three nights jam-packed with learning and routines that you can take straight to your classroom. In these challenges, we have a great time. We do some math, talk about classroom experiences, give away super cool bonuses and prizes. You won't just walk away with routines that are naturally engaging and encourage your students to think mathematically. You'll also have a chance to win over 6 k worth in prizes, including a few virtual PD sessions for your school. I'll be joined by my wonderful co-host, Kim, and special guest, Jenna Labe. You can register at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge for a fantastic learning experience. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Now on to the show. Hey, fellow mathematicians, welcome to the podcast where math is figure outable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And you found a place where math is not about memorizing and mimicking, waiting to be told or shown what to do, but it's about making sense of problems, noticing patterns, and reasoning using mathematical relationships. Not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching mathematics, but rotely repeating steps actually keep students from being the mathematicians they can be. <laughs> you Sorry. <laughs> what? What's so funny? Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> because uh, I skipped a line in the intro uh, that I hate. Listen, several weeks in a row, we've had a problem in the beginning. I'm <laughs> doing okay. All right. Hey, everyone. In our last episode, we answered a question from a follower in the Math is Figure Outable Teacher Facebook group. We absolutely love hearing from listeners, and we're super excited about what you're interested in. So join the group. Tell us what you want to hear. We can't chat about everything, but we thought we'd answer some of the questions that people in the group requested. I mean, at least we can't chat about everything at the moment, but we'll try. I mean, we hope to do this like, a while, right? We'll, so we'll, we'll keep just... going. Yeah, bring it on. <laughs> bring on your questions. All right. So Beth Roberts, thank you for your question. Beth, you asked, or you said, division of fractions by a fraction without yeah. the keep change flip. What would be a good model for this? How can I help teachers? Uh, how can I help teachers teach mathematize your way to, I'm sorry, I'm not reading this very well. How can I help teachers teach mathematizing your way to division of a fraction by a fraction or mixed numbers for fifth grade? So let's talk about division by fractions. Division of fractions is an interesting thing. And I'm just going to mention this keep change flip thing is fascinating to me. A couple episodes ago, we talked about using words that aren't really well defined. And I will just note that keep change flip is often used for different things. So it could be used for fraction division, but I've also heard students say keep change, keep change, change for uh, addition, subtraction of integers. So that's tricky because now we're using kind of the same words to mean drastically different things And how bad if we just don't use those words at all? Because let's be clear, I'm going to call that fake math. I'm going to call that procedural math where my job is to help students get answers to questions, not that other way of thinking about mathematizing, the real way of thinking about real math, which is how can I help my students 
create relationships, think more sophisticatedly, actually get their brains thinking and reasoning like mathematicians with division of fractions. So Kim, yep, I'll never forget the day. I could picture where I was in my kitchen. I'm cooking dinner. My daughter storms in the house. I think she was fifth grade. It might've been sixth grade, but she storms in the house and I'm like, what's happening? And she is like, smoke is coming out of her ears. And she goes, mom, divisions of fractions. Is division of fractions figure outable? <laughs> and I was uh... like, um, yes. And she goes, I knew it. I know it. My teacher told me today, ours is not to reason why, just invert and multiply. Yeah. <laughs> now, mm. I, I've heard that phrase a lot, but the I've said it among teachers lately, and, and maybe it's not as ubiquitous as I thought it was, but okay. ours, ours is not to reason why, just invert and multiply, is kind of a very telling statement for me. Yeah. Because it says, don't think about math, just keep change flip. Yeah. Like just invert and multiply, you can do that and get answers, but that doesn't build your reasoning about fraction division. And so I took a deep breath and I was like, yes, fraction division is figure outable. Let's do some work. And, and then why, we did. And, go ahead. Why didn't you put her in my fifth grade class? Oh, don't even go there. <laughs> So listeners, what you might not know, Kim is rubbing salt in a wound. What you might not know is that Kim taught my, uh, my number two, she taught my number three. And when my number four, I have four kids, when my number four, who probably needed her the most, um, was about to, to have her, uh, her, uh, Kim's principal. So Kim taught in the school that my kids went to Kim's principal went and opened a new school. So a new school was opening in the district. Kim's principal was leaving. We love the principal. Um, Hey, Jody Warmer. And Kim went with her to open the new school. And I <laughs> so said, sorry. And, and I, I had a very serious conversation with Kim. Um, and I said, no, no, Kim, Kim, no, I need one more year here. Like, can you please just stay at the school for one more year? And then, then you can go anywhere you want, but I need my <laughs> kid to have you for fifth grade, please. Pretty please, 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 please. And she said, Pam, Abby will be fine. She'll, there's, there's fine tea. It'll be fine. And, and you're laughing, Kim, because then what, what we had, a we had a conversation recently, right? You want to tell that? You tell that story. Do you, oh, I don't you? remember what you're talking about, but I about I your have, own personal kid. Well, I, I, I think I called you one day and said, I get it. Like I'm, I'm in the same boat now and I get it. And I'm really sorry I did that to you. And I'm really sorry I brought it up today. <laughs> yeah. I think you started that conversation with, I'm so sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm I sure. said, well, for sure. what? For what? Like, what's going on? You go, oh, now I get it. I get, yeah. I get what happened. Yeah. I get why you were so desperate to have me stay and teach your daughter because, because y'all, my daughter can absolutely mathematize with the yes. best, with the best of them, but she wants to know why. And yep. it makes her stir crazy. It, it infuriates her when teachers refuse to delve into the why. And in this case, oh, and I have to say to her every time, sweetheart, I don't think they know why. Like, like yeah. you know, they, they don't know yep. why they're doing the best they can yep. come home. It's we'll talk out. about it. We'll do all the math together. All right. So we did some division of fractions and sure enough, my daughter can divide fractions, thinking and reasoning like we're going to today. So Sorry, Kim, derail us. <laughs> <laughs> that was kind of funny. Um, so Kim, let's do uh, a problem string okay. to develop one of the major uh, relationships in fraction division. Okay. And today we're going to take a quotative approach. Okay. What do I mean by that? So 
division has two major interpretations, two major ways of thinking about division. And so let's just sort of be clear on what I mean by quotative division quickly. If I said 30 divided by five, if I'm thinking quotatively, then I'm thinking about how many fives are in 30. That's a way of yep. thinking about that division. And so that you can think about, well, how many fives do I know? And then I can sort of reason, okay, there's six fives in 30. So I can solve 30 divided by five, thinking quotatively. How many of the divisors are in the dividend? Okay. So I, I know I didn't do, I just sort of told that it would be much better if we'd experienced that with whole numbers. Right. Um, I'm sure we did something on that earlier with whole number, with partitive and quotative I, somewhere on the podcast. I feel like, yeah, I feel like we have. Uh, maybe I'll search for that while you're solving one of these problems <laughs> or not, or we'll just let our, we have a wonderful um, podcast editor that will uh, shoot me <laughs> messages all the time. It's like, okay, you mentioned this one in the podcast. What episode is that? Because um, <laughs> it's not always so obvious. Anyway. All right. So if we're thinking quotatively, so I'm just going to uh, encourage you, Kim, to think quotatively yes. about okay. a problem like mm, one divided by one third, one divided by okay. one third. How would you think quotatively about that? Go. Uh, yeah. So, uh, how many one thirds are in one uh-huh. are just three, three, one thirds. Yeah. And how do you know? Um, one third, two third, three thirds. Sure. So if a kid said something like Kim just said, I would quickly draw a candy bar. I'm going to draw a rectangular candy bar. And I would say, so you're saying that if I cut that candy bar into three equal shares, that yep. those are some thirds, you're saying there would be three of them. And that's sure. kind of the definition of thirds, right? Right. Like I've, I've separated uh, the whole, the unit into three equal shares and I call each, each of them uh, one third. And if the question is how many one thirds are in one candy bar, we could clearly, and so on my paper right now or on the board or wherever I'm working with students, I've drawn this rectangle. I've cut it into three equal pieces. I've labeled each of them one third and I've, I've sort of got that on the board. Bam. So that's what we often do in a problem string, right? We ask a question everybody has access to. When they say their answer, I make that thinking visible. I, the teacher, make that thinking visible. Next question. Kim, what is two divided by one third? Um, Six. And how do you know? Uh, There were three thirds in one. And so you doubled your amount of candy bars. And so Uh now I have six one thirds. Cool. So if there are three one-thirds in one candy bar, then that you're saying there's double that. There's six yep. one-thirds in two candy bars. Cool. Yep. So I've just, just now redrawn the first candy bar, but I didn't yep. draw it in as much specificity. I slapped up a rectangle. I, I quickly cut it into thirds, and then I slapped up another rectangle next to it, quickly cut mm-hmm. it into thirds. I've labeled one of the thirds, one of those pieces with one-third, and that's it. Like I haven't, I haven't yep. spent time doing a whole lot of, but you, we can clearly see that there's three in the one, three in the other, I've doubled the number and that's six. Cool. What if I had uh, a problem like four divided by one third, four divided by one third. Now what? Um, that would be 12. Because? Because we just had six thirds for two candy bars and we have mm-hmm. twice as many candy bars. So we need twice as many thirds. So 12 thirds. Cool. And so I've just sort of drawn quickly four candy bars. I've cut mm-hmm. the first one into thirds and then I've labeled the first one, one third uh, the first third. I've labeled it one third and I haven't really done much with the other ones. I've got the four yep. candy bars up there. I've got the first one chunked into three and I'm kind of thinking about that. I'm, I'm a little curious. Could you have thought about that? You, you went from the two candy bars and you doubled and I yeah. love that. 
what if you didn't have the two candy bars? Could you have gone from the one candy bar to right sure. around it, Yeah, yeah. it would be four times as many pieces. Because? Because you went from one candy bar to four candy bars and three thirds to four times as much as that. Which is t- t- that 12. Yeah. yeah. So four divided by one third has to, since you have four, be four times as many thirds yeah. pieces. Yeah. Cool. All right. So four divided by one third is 12. Yeah. Uh, next question. How about four and one third divided by one third? Four and one third divided by one third. Um, that would be 13. Because? Uh, we just had four divided by one third. So how many, how many thirds in four? And that was 12. So now you're just asking me one more third. In so that's four th- and a third. Yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Cool. It's okay. So I've just slapped down four candy bars again. Uh-huh. But I've tacked on kind of a ghost candy bar, and so my uh-huh. last I've tacked on kind of a fifth candy bar, but I've I've uh-huh. put it in dots. It's kind of like a like, a, a, but but one third of it I've cut that into thirds, and that first third is is solidly outlined, so you can see a fifth candy bar, but I've only like sort of sketched in that third, so you can clearly see four and a third candy bars. And I'm asking how many thirds are in that four and a third. We already have the 12 from the four candy bars and there's just one more. And I'm not actually going to spend a lot of time on this problem. Like we're just going to like, we had the 12, we got one more, duh, we're moving on. Cool. How about two and two thirds divided by one third, two and two thirds divided by one third. Um, That would be eight. Because. Yeah. There were six thirds in two candy bars, and I have uh, two more thirds. So two and two thirds is eight thirds. Two more one thirds. Yeah. So as you were talking, I quickly slapped down two candy bars, mm-hmm. and you said because we had two candy bars and we had six uh, one thirds in those two candy bars, and then you said we had two more thirds. So I put mm-hmm. another kind of ghost candy bar there and yep. I, but I've solidly outlined two of those one thirds and the, the, the last part of it is uh, the last third is kind of in dots. It's kind of just sort of sitting there. Um, so there's the two and two thirds and, and then I'm kind of circling um, a little bit, the two candy bars and I'm arrowing up to where we had two candy bars before that we had six and then I'm saying, oh, and then there's those extra two thirds. Yep. And, so and so I've I've written by the problem two and two thirds divided by one third. I've written six plus two. Well, actually, I wrote eight, and then I yep. wrote well six plus two. Yep. Cool. Okay. Next problem. How about two and two thirds divided by two thirds? How many how many two one thirds are in two and two thirds? Um, I uh, think it's four. You think two thirds? There's four two thirds in two and two thirds. Yeah, because you know? we just did two and two thirds divided by one third, and that were there were eight one thirds. And so now, um, instead of one thirds, you're asking about two thirds. So the they kind of say this the the size of the pieces that you're asking about have doubled, and so. I'm thinking about the size of the pieces have doubled. And so there's going to be less of them because the two and two thirds didn't change. So 
instead of eight one thirds, there's only going to be four two thirds. There's going to be half as many pieces because the size of the piece doubled. Half as many pieces that are twice as big. Yeah. I wonder if we could uh, do a little more candy bar talk. So okay. in the problem before, I, I, I'm not, yeah, well said. In the problem before, we had two and two-thirds candy bars. Yep. And I kind of said, if I'm giving everybody a third of a candy bar, how many people can get a third of a candy bar? Mm-hmm. How many one-thirds can I get out of two and two-thirds candy bars? Yeah, that was eight. You said there were eight. Eight, uh-huh. eight portions, eight of those yep. one-thirds I could sort of hand out to people. Yep. In the next problem, I said two and two-thirds divided by two-thirds. Could you yeah. could you tell me what that would mean in the candy bar problem? Yeah, so now each person, I have the same amount of candy bar total, but instead of people only getting a third, they're going to get two-thirds, so they get twice as much. And so I'm thinking about how many people can I feed now if I'm giving twice as much, <laughs> then only the first four people are going to get some. Yeah, because if you give, if you, you start with this, the total amount of candy bars and you give each person twice as much, you can only give that out to half as many people. Right. So that would be four. Two and two thirds divided by two thirds is four. And that would be some beginning reasoning that I would want to do with students about fraction division. Yeah. Let's, let's maybe parse out a few things that we did. So one, we have to be able to think about division as quotative division, as yeah. how many of the divisors are in the dividend. How many, if, if I have this many, if I have this much, this many candy bars, this much of a yep. candy bar, and I want to dole out pieces of the candy bar, sections of the candy bar, how many people can I feed? So like the first problem, if I had a candy bar and I'm giving out one third pieces, how many of there are there? You said there were three. If I had double the candy bars and I have two candy bars and I'm doling out one third of the candy bar to the people, how many people could I feed? Well, I doubled the number of candy bars, but I'm still giving out the same amount. Well, then I could give out, give that same amount to twice as many people. So we had six pieces. Yeah. So there's this relationship of if I double the dividend, I double the total, but I keep the divisor the same, I keep the share the same, then I could give that share to twice as many people. That's a big Wait, wait, relation. you said if you double the amount they get. No, no, sorry. I double the total, but I ah, keep the okay, portion yeah. the same. I yeah, keep the okay, portion, yes. the amount they get the same. Yep. Then I could give that, that portion to twice as many people yes. because I doubled the total. Yep. That relationship, ideally, we would have developed with whole numbers. Yes. Before, notice I the way I just said that, if I double the number of candy bars, but I keep the portion the same, I can give that portion to twice as many people because I double the number of candy bars. Yeah. That relationship, ideally, we would have uh, developed with whole numbers before we hit this place where we're trying to reason about division with fractions. Right. Now, if you haven't, you might want to do a problem string with whole numbers into this problem string with um, with fractions. I think that would be a helpful thing, but, but we still can reason, especially if I've got the candy bars up on the board. Um, we still can reason about these chunks of candy bars with students. It's just going to be, you know, uh, uh, we're thinking about more complicated numbers. So it's one of the reasons why I really encourage people to think and reason about 
division with whole numbers, not just do stuff, not just do an algorithm. If all we've done with division of whole numbers is stick numbers in an algorithm and then perform a bunch of steps, uh, does McDonald's sell cheeseburgers and do dirty monkeys smell bad? Like whatever that algorithm is that you've done for division with whole numbers. If we've done that with division of whole numbers, thinking about division of fractions is going to be more difficult. We're going to have to do more building of, oh, like I can think quotatively. And not only quotatively, but this idea of if I double the dividend, keep the divisor the same, then I can double the quotient. That's that's a that's a big idea that I wish kids owned so that we could sort of just like then um, investigate it, make it strong with fractions. I would use that same understanding. Maybe a couple, well, do you want to say anything before I point out a couple other things I did? No, it's, it's just interesting that you're talking about this uh, right now because uh, just last night, Cooper, my younger was asked to do something with 90 divided by five. And he was like, ugh, I don't, I don't want to think about fives. And so he thought about 180 divided by 10. So it's just a, it's a, it's a nice example of how he thought about twice as much uh, in, in a whole number setting in order to, to get the answer that he needed. Oh, very nice. Um, I will point out that if he's going to solve 90 divided by five, uh, by solving the equivalent problem, 180 divided by 10. Yeah. Brilliant. I love your kid. Um, that's actually the partitive meaning yes. of division. Yes, you're right. Yeah, uh, which is which uh, we, we would want to develop. Um, it's not what we were messing with today, but I wouldn't want to stifle Cooper when he does that. I'm, I would want to like, like absolutely celebrate the thinking he's doing. In the midst of this problem string, though, I'm going to keep the context alive about candy bars and and divvying him out to kids, um, which will kind of keep him thinking quotatively here. But I'm yeah. not going to I'm not going to like oh no we're not doing that today stop doing that I, I'll totally support what he's doing and I'll draw him into the context that we're using, which leads me to the, what a thing I was going to point out is that that we did it in context right so context is uh, hugely important I think we need to have kids involved in contexts. And then get naked, then decontextualize and help them think out of context. But as we decontextualize, draw back on major context that we've used until kids can solve contextual problems and decontextualize problems and go back. That we, we want the flexibility that they can go back and forth between them. That's, that's the ideal goal. And we do that by starting with context and helping kids really reason in context and then moving um, – more abstractly. There was one other thing I wanted to point out that I did. Kim, every time we did one of those problems, I did not command you to draw a model, right? Right. Did I stop you from drawing a model? No, actually, um, I sketched part of the um, problem string with a model and then uh-huh. and then I just kind of stopped. <laughs> and I wonder if I had been sketching your thinking uh, where you could see it, you know, we're, we're just auto re- audio recording your, your house and my house. If, if I was sketching so you could see it, you might not even have sketched those first couple ones. Right. right. Cause, right. cause I would have had, and you, you probably sketched them because you were wondering, Hey, maybe this is going to help me later on. And as you were reasoning, you're like, I don't, I don't need that to help me, right. but I right. would have been. So we're just going to suggest that with problem strings, often it is that we draw out students thinking and we make it visible. Right. We make the we we choose the model, we make it visible, and we help uh, put something on the board that we can point at, that we can 
uh, compare that we can have discussions about because it's visible. And that's a huge part of what we're recommending um, as we're developing all the things. So Kim, this was not enough. We have not right. done enough work with fraction division right. yet. How about if we, um, are, are you up to doing a couple more um, podcasts where we'll dive deeper into fraction division? Sure. Yeah. All right. We'll do that in our next episode. Listeners, you are not going to want to miss our next episode or two or three. I don't know how many to do uh, <laughs> to dive into um, really, really um, developing fraction division. Y'all, thanks for tuning in and teaching more and more real math. To find out more about the Math is Figure Outable movement, visit mathisfigureoutable.com. Let's keep spreading the word that math is figureoutable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. To learn even more, make sure you register for our free challenge at mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. You are not going to want to miss the evenings of May 15th through 17th, starting at 7 p.m. Central. Math teaching, math teaching, go register now. That's mathisfigureoutable.com slash challenge. Join us to make math more and more figure outable. And if you can't join live, register and we'll send you access to the recordings. We'll see you there.